I'm Michael Foster, and you're listening to It's Good to Be a Man, the podcast where we are extending God's house and father rule by helping men to establish their own houses in strength, workmanship, and wisdom. In this minisode, I talk about making changes and managing crab mentality. So I've long had an interest in sexuality, but the the real genesis behind It's Good to Be a Man was the desire to be able to help men in their 20s and 30s biblically and wisely navigate a really messed up societal condition, right? The relationship marketplace is all messed up and things have really changed due to the internet and feminism and all sorts of stuff. So it's, it's, it's a difficult time. And I wanted to be able to give good, solid, practical advice that was rooted in scripture. So I researched how to help them. And along the way, my own eyes were opened up to my weaknesses and failings and sins. I saw brand new areas where I was personally lacking in manliness. It was, it was really convicting. And I started to take action on my own stuff as I was seeking to help other people. And a lot of the content that comes out of It's Good to Be a Man is a result of non or myself seeking to address our own effemacy. It's not that we are these experts that have it all figured out when it comes to masculinity and manhood or fatherhood, being a husband, so on and so forth. What we are, we are men repenting and seeking to live out our God-given sex according to his purpose as, as obvious in nature and laid out in his word. So if you're looking for heroes, you're in the wrong place. We're not your heroes. But if you're looking for brothers— who themselves are seeking to repent of softness and with the help of the Holy Spirit become more manly, well then I think we might be able to help you or be a blessing to you. So maybe you're saying, I don't want to be a soft man. How do I change? And there really are just two steps to change. You see the need and you take action. See the problem, work towards the solution. You've already taken the first step if you're asking this question. Now you have to take action, but where do you start? Anywhere, really. Just start. Self-discipline is like a muscle. The more you exercise it, the stronger it gets. So you have to start somewhere. You don't want to be the guy that fails because he's, one, afraid to start, or two, he goes in too big. Right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ketogenic. I'm going to work out three days a week and run three days a week, and I'm going to fast 72 hours. You just get this crazy big plan to get in shape, and you end up failing because it's just too much because you're weak. So you have to be careful not to overexert yourself if your self-discipline is weak. Start incrementally as you change. A little self-discipline will turn into a lot over time. J.C. Ryle, he was the Anglican bishop. He says, so it is with habits. The older, the stronger. The longer they have held position, the harder they will be to cast out. They grow with our growth and strengthen with our strength. So that's a blessing and a curse. Your good habits grow with you as you grow, and your bad habits grow with you as you grow. So you want to take action. You want to establish good habits. And the key to getting into spiritual, physical, relational, financial shape is developing discipline through the consistent application of small actions in those 
areas. You want to start small and then follow through. But I want to give you a word of caution as you set out on this journey of, of, of sanctification, of growing to be more godly, to be more manly. And I want to give it to you in the form of two stories. So my first story has to do with uh, the whole family religion post I did. It's on It's Good to Be a Man. I, I put it as a thread on Twitter. There's also a mini-sode where I describe our family's practice of family religion, sometimes called family devotions. Basically, I wake up every morning quite early and get prepared and do all that stuff, and then I have my family at the breakfast table, and Monday through Friday, we read a passage of Scripture, pray together, talk about it. And that's that's how we do it in the Foster household. And when I put that out there, there was a friend that just did not believe that I was telling the truth, that I was exaggerating, that I wasn't that consistent, that we weren't that disciplined or whatever. And he has reiterated that to me on two occasions. Now, you might get mad. You might get defensive. Are you calling me a liar? Well, he clearly is calling me a liar. But he knew me from a time where that discipline was not in my life. And me making that claim would seem pretty ridiculous. So I'm not going to get offended by that because he knows the old me. And I'm trying not to be that that person anymore. I'm trying to grow and mature and become a man. So sometimes when you start going through these changes, people are going to remember who you once were, and it's going to be hard for them to believe that you've made those changes. And what you have to do is say, hey, you know what? Their doubt is justified at some level, right? It's warranted. You, you weren't... You didn't have the practice back then that you do now. So don't get stumbled by it. Roll with it. Don't even worry about it, okay? That's my advice to you. People will see in time. The second story is about my Uncle Roberto. My Uncle Roberto is six years older than me. I lived part of my life with my grandmother, and he functioned as an older brother. I thought he was the coolest guy ever. He's half Mexican, half black, had a big fro, was an artist, listened to Guns N' Roses and played Dungeons and Dragons with his friends. And I looked up to him because I was a little boy. And I remember when I went away and lived with my parents again and I, I got, you know, I grew up and put on muscle and became cool in the high school I went to and had got girlfriends and things like that. I thought when I came back to visit my uncle Roberto that he would, he would respect me. He's, ah, Michael's a man now, or Mike, he would call me. And, and so I go back to visit him, and now I'm like 16 years old and about 185 pounds and, you know, playing football and wrestling and all this, and uh, way cooler than he ever was. But he treated me like I was a little kid again. And uh, you know what? Here's the worst part, is that when he treated me that way, I started to go back. I started acting like a little kid. I got really offended and defensive and all that. And you'll find that family does that. Family brings you back to where you once were. They drag you back down. So again, you just have to be humble. And remember, these people have known you for a long time. And as you change, it's really hard for people to recognize the change because they're going to average out their experience with you. If they've got decades of experiences with you and you just changed majorly in the last year or two, it's going to take them a while to recognize that. And I, I would tell you to not end those relationships just because they don't recognize the change. Rather, try to understand why they can't see it. Now, there's other reasons people might not appreciate the change you are trying to bring about in your life. 
Matter of fact, sometimes your efforts to change won't be well received at all due to something that's usually referred to as crab mentality. Think of crabs in a barrel. As one tries to climb out and escape the barrel, the others that are down in the barrel pull him back down with them. And it's a good metaphor. As you change, some people will become envious or even self-loathing and look for a way to drag you back down, to take you down a peg. Crab mentality, when you get down to it, biblically speaking, is just envy. The 1828 version of the Webster's Dictionary defines envy as to feel uneasiness, mortification, or discontent at the sight of superior excellence reputation or happiness enjoyed by another to repine at another's prosperities. So envy is the key motive behind haters, behind crab mentality. And there are no avoiding haters because envy lies in the hearts of every single man. At some level, we all are envious haters. Envy leads to disorder too, according to scripture. James 3.16 says, for where jealousy and selfish ambition exists, there is disorder in every evil thing. So escaping the crab barrel, which I would refer to as reordering your life according to God's word, becoming self-disciplined, all that, that begins with repenting of your own envy and covetousness. That's where it starts. It starts by you saying that you, you know, you have excuses for why other people do well and you don't. Oh, their family has money. Oh, he has good genes. Oh, he's just, he's got a different temperament than me. You're writing off all the success in their life, all the good things they're doing and, and saying, and, and resenting them for it. So you have to stop that. You have to stop that attitude. That's step one. Now, there's a few other things you can do to help manage crab people, those with crab mentality, as you seek to uh, mature and grow and, and, and image God better in your life. First, do not tell people you are making changes. Just do it. Proverbs 14.23 says, All hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. Acta non verba is another saying. Actions, not words. So a mere talker invites mockery, but it's hard to mock a doer. So if you're going to lose weight, just do it. Don't tell your wife. Don't tell anyone. Take steps. If you're going to get your finances straight, again, just do it. Don't start a blog about it. Don't start an Instagram about it. Don't do all that stuff for vain attention. Just do it. Don't talk. Act. Get on top of it. Second, sudden drastic changes not only usually result in failure, but they also draw unnecessary attention to your efforts. It'll trigger crab people when they see that. And I've found that small changes are best because they go unnoticed until significant changes have been accomplished. Plus, if you think about it, incremental change is easier to maintain 
It allows you to develop that self-discipline, that self-control, and let it snowball, build more of it. A good example of this is dress. So if you realize that you've been dressing in a sort of immature, childish way, and you're trying to up the way you dress, wear better fitting clothes, wearing more flattering colors, more flattering designs, and just not walking around like some sloppy teenager. If you start to up your style and the way you dress, people are going to notice, especially if you do it really quick. And it's just going to draw a lot of attention and a lot of critique. And then you're going to be tempted to defend yourself. You know how guys are. You start being a well-dressed guy, they're going to take shots at you. And I, I would be tempted to take shots at a guy who went from being a slob one day to dapper the next. And so again, if you, if you do those changes slow, people notice over the long haul and it's not as it's the crab mentality isn't as bad. So I think that's a good tactic and you can apply that into a lot of other areas. Third, don't talk about any of the changes you've made until you've established it as a true habit. It is easy to lose 10 pounds, to go to the gym for a couple weeks, to practice family worship for a month. Big whoop, right? It's easy to also hate someone that is quick to brag. So you don't want to be a braggart. You don't want to be a guy that is looking for opportunities to call attention to himself and brag about what he's doing. There's a lot of things that I'm working on in my life right now that I'm not going to talk about on It's Good to Be a Man. They're not a practice. They're not a habit. I haven't established them yet. It seems premature for me to make content on something that hasn't been increment or integrated into my life. So I don't talk about it. You just need to focus on your work. Fourth, and most importantly, do your work unto the Lord. Those that live for the praise and notice of man will never escape the crab barrel. The little verbal jabs of crab people will enter their pride and cause them to tumble down. Not so with those who labor for God. Your efforts to change will be derailed if you get caught up with proving yourself to crab people, with proving yourself to envious people who themselves simply don't want to change. Don't try to please them. Pursue change in a spirit of humility for the glory of the Lord. James 4.10 says, Humble yourself in the presence of the Lord, and He will exalt you. That is the key to dealing with crab people. That's the key to change, is humility. Until next time, be on alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, and let all that you do be done in love. Thank you.